This is What's That About? If you want to become more likely than the average person to be a stranger in your friends and family, to be at greater risk for depression, drug abuse, you know, if you want to get divorced, if you want to become broke, what you need to do is win the lottery. Take a look at that on What's That About? this week. We used to go down the coast every Christmas and there was this family that lived across the road who lived in a pretty nice house and they had like three boys and they had like really nice hair and (laughs) they were well dressed. And then one day we saw them playing with this inflatable ball that was the ball that you were given when you won Lotto, that red ball with a black number one on it. And they were standing out the front of their really nice house with like a nice car and a boat, throwing around this big red lotto ball with gay abandon. Bit of bonhomie because it was Christmas. Nice. And I just remember just sitting there while we were, I think, at the time, all sharing a single roll on deodorant stick and sharing the one ice cream. And I think you miss out the home brand roll on. <laughs> home brand roll on. Yeah. <laughs> I was wearing hand me downs that our eldest brother wore in like 1975. Yeah. Just looking across at them thinking, you bastards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you bastards. Yeah. I remember they did win the lottery. And I remember this was probably, what, mid to late 80s, I'd say. Probably late 80s. Yeah. And they only won half a million dollars, which is a lot of money. But in terms of lottery winnings, it's not like a big win. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't massive. For the times, that was probably a lot more, obviously. Yeah. I think the weirdest thing about my memory of that is was how nice their hair was. That's the weirdest. Yeah, I don't I don't think they had... I think they probably had nice hair before the lottery win. I don't, <laughs> <laughs> they're all getting wigs, nah. <laughs> toupees on like 10-year-olds. They got Vival Sassoon in to personally uh, take care of that. <laughs> But I, I did notice that they uh, were, had a lovely shine to their hair. So, it was the palm olive treatment shampoo, I think, was the yeah, yeah. response. They weren't that. using the uh, Johnson's uh, No More Tears baby shampoo that, no. that we were using. Although, I never saw them with tears, so it's possible. And I can't rule that out. <laughs> so, you know. In my head, they were the three boys from the Home Improvement TV show. Jonathan Taylor yeah, Thomas. Yeah. Like, they were that those three boys with those three kids across the road. Jonathan Taylor Thomas. And the other two, whatever their names were. <laughs> <The other two. laughs> oh, that was the. Yeah. <laughs> but based on the research, that family's in in a little bit of trouble. A little bit of trouble. Yeah, I think they spent it all very quickly. Which I think they fixed the house up, bought their kids a bunch of stuff, and bought new cars, and you know that will go pretty quickly. The issue is apparently the more money you win in the lottery, the more likely you are to end up bankrupt. Yeah. So, they're less likely to go bankrupt than Joe Blow down the street who won $300 million. Yes, that's a really interesting point, isn't it? Yeah, that's mm. really interesting. So, let's let's just cover some basic stats here. Hit us up with some details of what percentage go broke and that kind of stuff. Well, research estimates that 70% of people who... Unex- well, it says it's not so much lottery, but people who unexpectedly come into large sums of money, so it could be due to a relative dying or something... They'll lose it within seven years. 70% lose it within seven years. Yep. Rule of sevens, I call it. I just coined that then. 
<laughs> sevens and multiples of sevens. There's yes, a lot of catches. Catches. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> And apparently, depending on the lottery that we're talking about, I think the American data is one... The odds of winning the lottery are about one in nearly 300 million. Yeah, that's it's crazy. And I think for other lotteries where you don't need... I think like a Powerball type lottery where you need a, a particular ball to be compulsory, that's about one in 300 million. Crazy odds. It's a bit less for other ones, but not much. It's, it's, you've got to be pretty lucky. I've actually heard that you're more likely to die on your way to buying a lottery ticket than you are to actually win the lottery. Oh, good, yeah, good fact. And uh, apparently, I reckon we're more likely to win the lottery than to get people to listen to this podcast. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm in. I'm in on the syndicate. If you're interested, I'm, <laughs> count me in. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> the uh, that's the funny thing about running a podcast is it does make you more likely to be estranged from your family and friends, puts you at greater risk of depression, <laughs> drug does. abuse. We're just <laughs> fishing on Facebook all the time. Hey, we've got a new episode. Out, <laughs> hey, you want to take a listen? I reckon I've been blocked by about seventy percent of the people that are on my Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> I think our problem is we never use it for anything other than spruiking the podcast. That's right. That's exactly right. That's a rookie mistake. The funny thing is, when I put up a photo of my kids on Facebook and you'll get like 50 likes, Mm. it's always bittersweet because I'm always like, where were you people when the potty was released? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I've I've done some extensive research around... So, the, the fundamental question here is why a lotto winners or lottery winners going broke like what's yeah. happening there i've i've reduced it to three main factors so i was actually gonna say i can smell a luke list coming on <laughs> <laughs> and three that's pretty good i'm happy with that that's, that's christmas come early for you pretty that happy. is good christmas in march <laughs> <laughs> so obviously there's a lot of factors but the three main factors i could kind of draw out of what i was reading was firstly relates to this point that people with lower income are more likely to play lottery. Yeah. And then there's a correlation, obviously, between low income and your financial literacy. So, effectively, you're taking a population of people who the winners are less financially literate. So, you're more likely to make mistakes with the money that you've won. It's, yeah. that's, that's one reason behind why lotto winners go broke. Mm. Second reason is... The idea that you think you've won a ridiculous amount of money, but winners actually take home in their pocket a lot less money than they think. So, once you've taken out federal and state taxes, and in certain countries, any money you gift has a tax on it, I read some reports that were saying up to 75%, almost to 90% of the money that you've won you actually don't get access to. So, you've actually won really? a lot less than you think. The numbers are probably not, not that accurate, but the idea that you've you've probably only won half of what you think you've won, but your mindset is, I've just won $300 million. You've actually probably won less than half that amount. Is one so, of you the go factors. out and spend a lot more. Yeah, so your mindset is, you've actually got more money than you actually do. I thought in Australia it was tax-free. Is that... Yeah, the stuff I was reading was America-based. I know in Australia we yeah. don't have a gift tax, but mm. I'm not sure about the the government tax on the winnings, but mm. I'm sure one of our listeners will, uh, will write in about that. 
the third reason is it's kind of relates to the idea that that lottery winners give away too much to other people, which is kind of, I guess, how it happens. But underneath mm. that is what behavioural like economists call mental accounting, which is the fact that you actually treat winnings less cautiously than money you've earned. So if you've ever had to work hard for the, the dollar, you're more likely just to kind of blow it, blow it away. Yeah, and you see that at pokies. You know, if someone has a big win at the pokies, they're like, all right, everyone, bar tabs on me or whatever. Yeah. But in reality, they're not taking into account the, you know, massive percentage of loss already trying to get to this win. Yeah, exactly right. And the, the, the lots of the studies around lotto winners, the, the, the main factor was exactly this idea that you have everyone now wanting some of your money like seagulls on a chip. Mm. They're like, I would have shared it with you or you owe me money or I have a great business idea like... You know, a barbecue device that separates different <laughs> <laughs> different meats from vegetables. Genius. Uh, we'll talk about that later. Um, yeah. <laughs> and in the context of that, you have all these demands for your money. Without most people don't get any financial guidance around what to do with that money. So I guess these factors kind of interrelate as well. Yeah. So those are the three three main things: is low financial literacy, high demand from other people for what you've got. And less value on a dollar because you haven't earned it. You've actually won it. So, you you are more kind of flippant with it. They're my three factors. Would you say some of my best work or? No. (laughs) (laughs) It's good work. Don't get me wrong. You've done better. It's not not bad work. Uh, an interesting thing I found out recently was that apparently MIT students discovered that by buying $600,000 worth of lottery tickets in the Massachusetts cash win-all lottery, they could get a 10 to 15% return on investment. So over five years, they managed to get $8 million out of the lottery using that method. So they had like an algorithm of, of the probability of a number combinations and mm. you just bought enough tickets to cover that spread and then you get... That's right. Wow. And you're guaranteed, yeah, ten to fifteen percent return. That's pretty cool. MIT, genius. That's very good. It's yeah. It's like when no, it's not like that at all, but it is when I used to go to the casino and play the classic roulette double up game of yep. I'd wait for a run of five or six of one type, like a red or an odd or an even or whatever. And then I would start doubling my bet up. So if I had enough money to cover a long run of, say, 10 or 12, I would more often than not end up walking out with a large number of winnings because I would just double up my bet every time until I won and then I was fine. Yeah. The problem is you end up putting $200, $300 on the table to cover the, the long runs. I remember I went with your roulette system, and but I only had $14 to spend. <laughs> <laughs> so I lost it all very quickly and I just walked down with my... Head down. <laughs> uh, very sad. <laughs> but do you remember that time we were in Las Vegas and we were playing roulette? I think it was roulette. And the croupier took a weird disliking to you. <laughs> it still keeps me up at night. That was the weirdest yeah. situation. And it culminated in the fact that it was kind of half matey, half... Like half friendly, half hatey. <laughs> like she didn't like you. It was weird. Did she call me a C and at one, at one she point? She did. Yes, she did. She dropped a C-bomb in your direction. 
What did I? What had I done? I have no recollection of anything I did that could have triggered that. I think she took offence at your attempted beard. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> she really she was not impressed, in, didn't she? Ah, oh, she hated it. She hated yeah. that beard. <laughs> yeah, it was such a weird episode. <laughs> Uh, I've got a few reasons why people play the lottery in the first place. Yep. So, one thing is they say what we fall prey to what they call the near miss effect, which is that feeling when you kind of think you've almost won something, so you try again, even though you weren't that weren't that close. So, so if you get a certain number of, of your numbers, but not all of them. That's right. That, so, yeah. for a Powerball, for example, the odds of getting all six numbers right are like one in 292 million, but the odds of getting say, three of those six numbers is about one in 600. So, you would kind of think, oh, I got half the numbers. One that, That's like I'm nearly there. But the difference between getting half the numbers and all the numbers is the difference between a one in 600 chance and a one in nearly 300 million chance. So yeah, yeah. You feel like you're close, but you're not. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. that's a near-miss effect. So, we kind of fall, fall prey to that. Yeah. Second thing is is our brains just haven't evolved to understand such low probabilities. So where when you were you know at war in the old times, you kind of needed to know the difference between ten soldiers you were facing and a hundred or a thousand. But our brains don't really understand what one in two hundred ninety-two million looks like. Mm. So we just can't comprehend that. So we pretty much. Just ignore that and, and think it, it, it. We don't really comprehend how unlikely that is. Yeah, yeah. So let's go with the got to be in it to win it sort of um, notion. <laughs> notion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just I never said anything. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> These are subconscious biases. These aren't kind of humans just being, you know, overtly dumb. We're being yeah. subtly dumb. Um, yeah, so we're being human, basically. We're being yeah. humans, yeah. These mental shortcuts that influence our decision-making beyond our conscious awareness is, is kind of how they work. Yeah, yeah. So, that is why do lottery winners go broke? Uh, thank you for listening, and we'll catch you next time. See you guys. See you guys.